Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 18 of Expand the Conversation with Jillian podcast. In today's episode, I am recording this episode in honor of my son. It is his 14th birthday. And so I really wanted to talk about him and how special he is to me, but also 14 things that parenting has taught me so far. So let's get into it. I love being a mom. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I never really understood it from a young age. I was like, I'm going to get married young. I'm going to have my kids young. I love the fact that he and I are relatively close in age. Like we don't have the same (laughs) likes and dislikes on all things, but I feel like it keeps me a little bit more relevant in his age group, even though I did not grow up with as much technology as he did. Um, But I can really see, you know, both, you know, I can see kind of a different perspective, I guess, than I feel like sometimes if we're older and we're more mature um, and we have kids, I think there's, there's a, it feels like there's a lot more pressure. I feel like there's a lot more pressure in getting it right or <laughs> I've made it to this step of my life. So now I know what I'm doing and that's all, that's all just a joke. <laughs> yeah. So today I just wanted to talk about 14 things that I've learned and being his mom and, you know, Oren is just such a cool kid. He's respectful. You know, he really loves deeply. And I can really respect that in him. <laughs> as I have such deep emotions myself. Um, he's not as emotional as I am, but he definitely has some emotions. He is a Aquarius son. Uh, I haven't actually looked up the rest of his astrology chart, oddly enough. But... I have looked into his human design, and that's always so fun for me to see. You know, it's definitely helped me learn more about him and kind of see different things about him and how he moves through the world. And I think I I really love that. And I love leaning into that stuff. You know, same with his numerology and everything. And so I always use these tools as a way to help support me as a parent to him. You know, and it's little things that like, I really have never thought about in the past. But it's interesting because it's like, he'll, he likes these breakfast meatballs that I make, and they're so good, but he will eat them cold. And it's like, it's pork, sweet potato, blueberries, and kale, all like in this little meatball. And I'm over here like, that's disgusting. Like, why are you eating it cold? Later, I had done his human design blueprint and his digestion is cold. So like, he doesn't do great with warm beverages. You know, he's honestly not a huge fan. Anytime I've made him like hot chocolate or anything, he waits until it cools off. And so I love that he's always listened to himself and he's done that. But he is just such a cool kid. And I am so excited to see where life takes him and where, you know, where he ends up. And I really try my best to be supportive as a parent and (laughs) supportive and open-minded as a parent as I parent him. And, you know, I've always really believed in the truth and being honest with my kid. And that's something that I've always done. And I felt like it's always been supportive for him because I don't think that lying to our kids, sometimes there are some things that happen that are really hard to share, but are they hard to share because of the truth behind it or because of the emotions that we carry behind it ourselves? And instead of just speaking in factual language, we hide things because we're like, oh, we didn't want to hurt you. We didn't want you to misunderstand. But ultimately, as parents, it's not up to us to decide how or what our children will understand or how they'll receive it either. And I'll go a little more into that as I go through these 14 things that I've learned. So happiest 14th birthday to my medium-sized human. I love you to the moon and back. He does not listen to this podcast. (laughs) 
because he's too cool for his mom. But this will always exist. And if he, you know, ever feels like he wants to come back and listen, it's here. So if I speak directly to him in this, that's why. But I'm happy to share my love letter to him with the world and what I've learned. And especially like parenting and going through a spiritual awakening at the same time. And it's been, and I mean, I feel like I've been on the verge of a spiritual awakening for a very long time. And there's just, I think it was just a matter of finding the right modality that gave me the appropriate amount of freedom that I was looking for to be able to express how I feel and to be able to worship as I feel called to. And, you know, just a little about that, man, when I was in my late 20s, so early 20s, you know, I had Oren when I was 20, right before my 21st birthday, actually. So um, I had him then. I was was kind of lost, honestly, at that point in my life. But I was going through some things that I needed to have shown to me and things I really needed to learn from. And I definitely think that I did. And I definitely think that Oren has just been a part of my learning process because it's teaching me how to be a better mom. It's teaching me how to be a better human in general and how to love, you know, without any rules or without any expectations. And also being hyper aware of when I feel like I'm not doing good enough. And when I can take the time to reflect with myself where maybe I feel like it wasn't enough or it wasn't good enough, like what is, so what is that saying about me? Or what can I do to have fulfilled myself better in certain practices? And, you know, I'll use I'll use this year's Christmas as an example, you know, Christmas in 2024 or 2023 times. Dates are weird. Uh, But Christmas of 2023, it was just a tight year. You know, I had just moved into my own space, buying furniture, like replacing a lot of stuff that I had that I didn't have anymore and just all of that. And so Christmas was a lot smaller than what it usually is. And like, he still got the gift that he wanted. He got an Xbox and that was really the only thing he got. And honestly, like not, not allowing myself to fall into the self-judgment of like, you didn't do enough because he was over the moon, you know, and me wanting to give him everything in the world, which isn't always super beneficial to our kids, but noticing in myself, like, hey, he got exactly what he wanted. Like there wasn't, if I would have gotten him other stuff, it would have just been stuff that I thought that he would have liked, which is great. But ultimately, it's just spending money to spend money to make it seem like, oh, look, there's all of these things that you have now when in reality, like kids don't always need that. They just want the things that they ask Santa for. You know, fun story about Santa even. It's, you know, I mentioned that I'm always very honest with Oren. And so one year, this was a couple years ago, he caught me as the tooth fairy. I go to bed early. He'll lay in bed and like it takes him a minute to fall asleep. So I'm like waiting and waiting. And then I fell asleep. So then I wake up the next morning. Well, he woke up first and he was crying because you know how it is. You lose a tooth the first thing you do when you wake up, even if it's not like awake time yet, you check under your pillow. But it was probably like 6 or 6.30. He wakes up, comes into my room crying. He's like, there's no money. The tooth fairy didn't come. What the heck? And I'm like, ah, dang it. (laughs) So I'm like, go back to bed. The night's not over yet. Like, it's still early. Maybe she'll still come. Like, just give her some time. So I wait like 30 minutes in hopes that he fell back asleep. He did not. And I go to put the money under his pillow. And he's like, you're the tooth fairy? And I'm like, Talk about parent fail. He was probably nine at the time, nine or 10. Talk about parenting fail, though. It's like, I am the tooth fairy. (laughs) So then he's like, wait, if you're the tooth fairy, what about the Easter bunny? And I was like, Easter bunny's not real. I'm also the Easter bunny. And so then he, he stopped asking. And I was like, okay. And I was like, Santa's still real. He's like, yeah, Santa's still real. And then he kind of stopped and looked at me real long and hard. (laughs) And he's like, wait, are you Santa? And I looked at him. I'm a horrible liar to begin with. So 
This is probably why I lean into truth so much anyway, because it's like, it's more work for me to lie than to just be honest. I'd rather just deal with the repercussions of being honest than to lie, because lying literally like eats me alive inside. And I, so I look at him and I'm trying to like, think about what I'm going to say here. And he's like, he just, before I even answer, he's like, you are Santa. And he starts crying. He wasn't crying because Santa wasn't real. He was crying because I lied to him. He did. He literally started crying and he was like, you lied like you lied to me and he was very like he was very hurt that I had lied to him and so honestly I have friends that have talked about this before where they're like we're not gonna say that Santa's real like we think it's more important to be honest and like it's a fun story to share but I think each person is like in each family is so different that I think it's personal to each person and I mean I I loved the idea of Santa I love the idea of magical things (laughs) so I really leaned into that and I never thought that he would be more upset about me lying than Santa not being real, but that's who he is. And so that's something that I've taken with me. And anytime I get the opportunity to be honest with him, instead of hide something from him, I definitely take advantage of that. As long as it's not affecting him in a negative way, like hearing something that I like that I don't want him to share. So I'm cautious about what I share with him because I don't want to put him in a position where he feels like he needs to lie for me or just lie in general. And I also, you know, really just appreciate the fact that he wants me to be honest with him. And I think too, when it comes to, I mean, we'll use pregnancy as a perfect example. Sometimes as parents, we feel like we don't need to tell our kids the truth about it. But it's like, if if Warren asks me something like that, I will just go into the deepest scientific truth. And then he'll usually get bored. Or if he's really interested in it and wants to know, then he'll hang out. And so I've seen a little bit of both. You know, it was this running joke for a long time in um, an old friend group that has since changed. But I would have my son and their daughter with me a lot. And I always got asked the hard questions. <laughs> it was like, on schedule every single time anytime they had a hard question or uh like not a hard question but like the uncomfortable questions for sure or his friend would always come to me and i'm like man every time so it was just always a running joke like they would ask the other parents something and then they'd be like go ask jillian (laughs) you know she's the one who's gonna tell you the answer So, um, but I love that about him. I love that he likes the truth. And I, I really hope that he feels safe enough to speak his own truth in the world. And, you know, to know that it doesn't like, people aren't always going to receive you well. But as long as you're speaking your truth, and you know what you believe in, and you know that you're being honest with yourself above all, whether you're being honest with other people or not, but like being honest with yourself. And then if you choose to share that honesty with other people, I think that's really a beautiful thing. So I will say that's definitely one of my like favorite things about being his parent and just sharing life with him. And I can't believe he's 14. I seriously cannot believe that 14 years ago, I was giving birth to this child and he was so cute when he was born. He had his little pouty lip out as he was crying after I birthed him and he was just so upset. He was no, I'm pretty sure he would have lived in my uterus forever <laughs> if he could have <laughs> He's such a cozy little guy. And then just watching him grow up has been so special. And watching him grow up, even as I was going through some of the hardest times in my life, and to see him still be such a happy kid and not affected by it is one of the proudest things I think I could have done as a parent. Like he's definitely seen me emote a lot, which is normal for me anyway. And I always wanted him to feel safe and expressing his emotions as well. Because I think that's something that men in our society, you know, I think maybe that's something that having a lot of time with him and being the main parent for him for his whole life, you know, my my previous partnership, like he's still very involved with my son because his biological father is not. And, you know, honestly, at this point, that's my son's choice. And I will always support him in that. But before that, he hadn't been around for six or seven years. So like what he knew my ex-partner as his dad more than his actual dad. So it was just really interesting to see that play out. And, you know, just but just different things that I think sometimes men carry with them and it's like oh it's not okay 
to cry. You're a man. And so I was really grateful for him to not have that like stigma put on him as a young child because it was me, him, and you know, my mom was pretty consistent in his life as well. So it was cool to watch. But let's talk about the 14 things I've learned. I could reminisce all day. I'm obsessed with this kid. He's my favorite. And I just am so grateful to have him and to be able to teach him and see who he becomes in this life. So one, number one, children are sponges. What are you teaching them? Our children are sponges. And I don't just mean in like daily activities. I don't mean like, are you cleaning the house? Like, That's important, yes, to teach them cleanliness and how to brush their teeth and how to take care of themselves and that like basic need is very important. But what are you teaching them when it comes to your mindset? Are you teaching them, if you go into a situation, you go into a restaurant, maybe it's not your favorite restaurant, but you're going anyway. Are you going into it and complaining from the get-go or are you open to the experience? Because this is something that our children see from us and this is something that they'll really pick up on because there's some people who complain a lot and then their kids complain a lot. Why? Because it was a learned behavior because they see, oh, my parents complain when they don't like something. So I complain. And instead of not saying that you're not going to be in uncomfortable situations or situations that aren't the best, but it's always up to ourselves to be able to look for the magic in those moments or to look for the beauty in those moments. Like maybe it's a restaurant you don't like. Maybe it's a restaurant you weren't huge on going to and you thought maybe you wanted to go somewhere else. But when it comes down to it, ultimately, we're the ones who decide our experience. We're the ones who cultivate those magical moments or those like, ugh, moments. And and I think it's such a special gift for us to show our kids that they have a say in that. And I don't think, I mean, you don't even have to directly teach them that. You just have to be the example. And I think that's the most important thing is what we are embodying every single day in our lives as we have kids that are watching us, what we embody, our kids will embody, period. It doesn't matter what you lie about. It doesn't matter who you're trying to portray yourself as. They are always going to pick up on the things that are the truth. And it can honestly be kind of triggering sometimes because you see it and you're like, oh, I don't want to be like that, but here I am. But ultimately, our kids are sponges. They're watching us every single day. And so it's up to us to really show them how neuroplasticity works, but also how they can make the choice in the way they feel about their life, the way they express gratitude and the way that they show up in their lives. All right. Number two, life doesn't have to be so serious. Have fun. As I've been doing my own personal inner child healing, it has been so cathartic to have a child. Not not saying that's why you should have children, but I already had the child. So (laughs) why not use it to my advantage? But also like, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And there were times through my healing journey where I got super serious and I was just not myself. And I love laughing. I love laughing. I love having a good time. And I'll use Christmas morning as an example. So Oren had just taken a big drink of milk and I can't remember what was said or what the joke was, but Oren lost it. Like he was just trying really hard to hold the milk in his mouth. He was really doing his best. And then he just spewed it all over the floor. All over himself, all over the floor. And I remember just laughing and laughing. And some people take that like, like, oh, the mess. But it's like, no, like, where can you have fun with your kids? Maybe there will be a mess. You know what? Actually, there will be lots of messes. they're children and they don't know how to clean very well sometimes. And so there will be messes, but can you laugh? Can you make, can you make the mess a fun memory? Can you laugh at yourself? You know, and it's just been so fun to do stuff with him, whether it's, you know, going to the grocery store and just kind of playing around and just these mundane activities that normally are such a drag that I get to have someone there with me to like play with and make jokes with. And I think it's so fun. And I think it's definitely made me, it's made me take life a little less seriously because when it comes down to it, 
it. Like we're here for the experience. And I think the playfulness has is something that we lose as adults and it becomes so normalized to like, I think it's getting better now, but I, it's always been so normalized to just be, you're an adult now. Now you portray that you have it all figured out and that you've won life because you're an adult and you made it here and you're just going to pretend that you know everything and that you're going to do the things perfectly. And it is what it is. At least that's how like I saw what being an adult was. So it's my perspective. You don't have to agree with it. This is, this is me, my experience. So yeah. So playing is definitely one of like, and not taking life so seriously and just noticing like where I'm getting bent out of shape or irritated in moments and why that is. It's honestly allowed me to look deeper within myself to see like, hey, why am I feeling this way about this? Great. It's great reflection. Kids are like little mirrors and I just, I love that. (laughs) Hope you like to work on yourself. (laughs) Okay. Number three, there is no right or wrong way to parent. Right and wrong are both in air quotes because if you know me, you know why. (laughs) There are so many ways to support your children, though. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. There's so much information out there about parenting and doing the right thing and raising them properly. And it's like everybody, including every child, is so different that sometimes maybe a child does respond to strictness and to that firm like tone and things like that. Sometimes maybe kids do better if you're just honest with them or sometimes maybe kids do better if you're like, hey, please, I asked you to do this. And they're like, oh, oops, instead of yelling and shaming. And so I think all we can do is we can learn, you know, as parents, I think we can learn and we can learn different techniques and we can get to know our children more than anything. You know, the more we get to know our children, the more that we know what they need and the more that we can be that for them. You know, even if it's just learning your child's love language, like maybe they don't understand it at the time, but the more you know it, then the more you're able to really give that to them. And I think that's a beautiful gift, honestly. But yeah, so ditch the right or wrong. There's no right or wrong way. Our parents will tell us differently. (laughs) That's a whole other topic, but there's no right or wrong way. All you can do is what's best for you and your child. And ultimately, I hope that everyone really leans into that more and more because it's so important. All right, number four. Number four is gratitude and its powers are something we teach to children and it's not always inherently learned. Gratitude, I think for me, has been an interesting experience because I feel grateful for the things that I have, but fully embodying it and fully embracing it has been something else. I never, I never really saw a lot of gratitude being expressed as a child. And maybe that's why maybe I never fully was able to feel that feeling because I never had an example of it. And as I started leaning into it uh, when I got older, um, you know, in the episode that I am on, it's with Sandy Yang. Uh, That episode, we talk about gratitude and how for a long time, I thought it was bullshit. I thought it was like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm grateful for the things I have. Why do I need to sit here and write it down? And it's like, I think it really, sometimes we see things and we're able to like, kind of be like, okay, that's cool. But we don't fully appreciate it. And so I think the presence and showing your children to stop for a moment and be like, wow, I really love this. Or like, wow, I'm really grateful for this. I think it's something that we is such a huge gift that we can give them. Because as we get older, and as things get hard, leaning into that gratitude is always going to help us pull through. And it's always going to remind us, even though maybe we don't have everything we want right now in life, like, where were you before? And where are you now? And how much progress have you made? And Are you grateful for the progress that you've made? Are you grateful for the things that you currently have, even though you still want to achieve more? Because you can and you will achieve more, but it's really important to be grateful in the stage that you're at and also to be present. So I think we'll also add presence in that one. Gratitude and presence are a taught lesson. And it's hard to add that one in because a lot of adults aren't present, but it can definitely be a work in progress, especially if you're working on it with your children. Let's see. Okay. Five. Number five, your kids know more than you think. Listen for the messages they bring to us. This is something that as I was moving, there's been a couple of things that have come up and Oren's reflections have just hit me upside the head. And I'm like, 
duh. You know, um, one of them being when I found out my dog has a heart murmur, he was like, her heart's broken. Of course. He's like, she was given away a couple of times. She was at the pound for a while before we found her. And he's like, her heart's broken. And I was like, oh my gosh, Oren, that makes so much sense. And I didn't even like think about it. I automatically was like, okay, what can I do holistically to help this? I went into action mode. (laughs) And then he receives the message and I'm like, oh, thank you. Kids are, kids are still very, I mean, he's older, but kids up until I believe the age about eight, they're very much still in a theta brain state. And so that's why imagination and things like that really are easier for them. And I think they're they're really able to connect to their intuitive gifts. And I think it would be really beneficial for parents to really listen and to just see what comes up from their kids. You know, not that we're here to learn from them, but I think that sometimes changes in perspectives and also like a fresh outlook on it, like a literal fresh because they've been through so little, can be can make a huge difference for us as an adult. And it can really open our minds to other things. Yeah, and you know, another, myth, another thing that he'd reflected to me was as we were moving into the apartment he's like I'm so excited and I was like why are you excited because we've lived in houses for the past 10 years no longer probably like 12 years and this is the first time I'm moving back into an apartment and I'm like ugh, the drag because I'm thinking of all the things that I'm used to but then he was like no I'm so excited like I've never I'm excited for the new experience and I was like oh wow Good point. Thank you, sir. You were correct. I also should be excited for the new experience. So here we are. (laughs) But I love that. And I love that, like, being open to hearing what your kids have to say and asking questions. I think asking him questions to see why he says certain things sometimes always helps me, one, understand him. And two, it helps me change my perspective sometimes because I'm not perfect. (laughs) All right. Number six, no parent knows what they are doing. Everyone is just doing their best. And it's time to stop judging. It's time to stop judging ourselves. It's time to stop judging other parents. No one knows. (laughs) There are books. There are, in fact, books that exist to help with parenting. But ultimately, outside of the physiological things that happen in our body, which still, no two humans are exactly the same, even twins, it's so interesting to see how different children need to be parented differently. And also, you know, just to be easy on ourselves as parents, like, it goes back to that whole, like, I'm an adult, I know the things. And it's like, as kids, we see our parents, we're like, oh, they obviously know what they're doing. Like, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, you didn't know what you were doing. Like, you were flying by the seat of your pants. And I love that my mom will admit that. And I think it's really important because, you know, one day, my son may want children he says he's gonna be alone forever but i (laughs) he hasn't uh fully gone through puberty yet so we'll we'll see how that goes but anyway i think that it's so important for us as parents to share with our children like hey i'm doing i i'm doing my best if i'm being honest i don't know all of the answers but i can try and figure it out we can have an experiment and see what happens you know because that's ultimately what life is and the more that they see you be honest and be vulnerable i think the more that it allows them to be honest and be vulnerable so i love that so stop judging yourself stop judging other parents you don't know their kids you maybe know the people maybe you do know the kids but ultimately it's not up to you to decide how someone else should be parenting because one you don't know everything and two neither do they (laughs) we're all just doing our best okay number seven your willingness to try new things is passed on to your children so i wanted to expand on this a little bit because there's some kids that'll grow up and they're like ah I'm not trying that like and or they've already decided that they don't like something because they've tried it in the past and they didn't like it which is fine sometimes your likes and dislikes never change but sometimes they do change and I really think that that's something beautiful we can give to our children is the gift of change and allowing yourself to constantly be curious about who you are and maybe what you like or don't like there's certain things that I've been trying again as an adult you know as a kid I didn't love camping I didn't love being in nature just the bugs and the stuff. And now I'm like, I just want to lay in the grass anywhere. Just sit in the tree. 
<laughs> and be one with nature. Can I be nature? Is that possible? That's me now. Um, whereas in the past, that's not who I was at all. So if I hadn't allowed myself to be curious about it and to adventure into nature again, then how would I have known? I would have always assumed I didn't like it. And I feel like it's something that gives me so much life right now and so much peace that it's like, I'm so glad I really allowed myself to see that and to lean into it. So, you know, and other things can just be like foods and stuff like that. But experiences, I think just always being open to try new things because I think sometimes people go into experiences and they're like, well, I've been to a play like this before and I don't like it. Ugh, it's let's go. We're going to go because mom wants to. And it's like, you could try. You could try and say, hey, I've never been to this play before. Maybe I went 10 years ago, but maybe this will be a better, like a better experience and really fully enjoy it. And I think, I really think that's a beautiful gift we can give to our children because we are forever changing. And I mean, I'm sure I feel confident in saying that to the people listening to this podcast, because if you were not forever changing, you probably would not be listening because you would be super triggered all the time (laughs) and not willing to look into that um yeah but it's super interesting I think to allow ourselves to be open to different experiences and to show that to our kids and say hey I used to not like this food very much but I'm gonna try it again I still I will I've tried raisins again do not enjoy them but I've tried them and it's still a no for me capers I actually enjoy more now if they're paired with the proper food so it just you know our our taste buds change our bodies change and our cells regenerate so we just never know what can change about us as we go through life and so I think it's beautiful to be open to these new experiences and not already have your mind made up about if you like it or not um number eight sharing failures with your kids shows them it's okay to fail and that it's okay to not be perfect how can we hold kids to the standard to that standard if we aren't perfect ourselves so this one is a big one (laughs) it It's a big one because it's so important. Like I I know a lot of people in my generation, it was all about perfectionism and like, oh, don't let them see that you were wrong. Do it right the first time. And this is something that I've really been learning about is messy action. And I mean, even as I'm recording this episode today, like I felt like I wasn't in the right headspace, but I was like, you know what? I'm getting in my head about it. I just need to get on here and record and show up for these beautiful people and share about my love for my child. Like, it's crazy. Like the the hesitance that we have sometimes to certain things. But, you know, I think sharing failures with our kids is so important. And this is something that I sh- I've shared with Oren recently even is, you know, I had applied to U of H. My GPA was like, Point two points too low. So I did not get into the program and I was upset. I know why it happened and I knew I could have done better in certain periods of my schooling. And so there was nothing I could do except for take a couple more classes and see if I could get my GPA back up. But I really, in the time that it happened, I really needed to take a break. And so that was something that I, you know, Warren was like, oh, you're going to go to this school next year, right? And I was like, mm, actually, no. And he's like, wait, why? And I'm like, well, I didn't get in and explain to him why. And so like being re- like holding myself responsible for the reason, you know, and then all and not deflecting it on someone else because I did have responsibility over that. And then just telling him and being honest with him, like, you know, and he's like, oh, so you're going to try again. And I was like, I will. And I was like, I just am not sure when I was like, I need I need to take a minute. I need to I need to take a break from traditional schooling for a little bit and then I'll see where I go. And I think it's really important for him to see that because I haven't I at no point was I was like, ah, I give up. I just I need to figure it out. And I love that he can see me do that. So that way, if he fails in his life, he can go, okay, well, maybe I need to pivot. Maybe this isn't for me. And maybe I need to go a different direction and be open to that instead of being so hard on himself about trying to fit in this mold or trying to meet someone else's expectations of him. So I think sharing failures and being open open with your kids when that happens but also like us being understanding to our kids if they do fail something. And this is something that like if Oren fails a test, I'm like, did you do your best to prepare for it? No, there's your answer. Study. He's a 14 year old boy. So <laughs> it's hard to get him to do that sometimes. But 
study. You study, you get a good grade. And he has proof of that. He has proof of that from the past. And so it's always coming back to it and saying, hey, you're the one going to school. I want to support you in what you're doing, but I don't have all the answers for you. So you need to tell me when you need to be supported or when you have a test coming so I can remind you to study. So we can do this together as a team because he's not... I feel like this could be a whole other thing, but they hold kids to such crazy standards in schools right now at such a young age that it's like, okay, so you need to be responsible. You need to be a responsible adult at the age of 10. And it's like, um, I disagree. I think it's still really important for the parents to be involved in the schools and their kids' schoolwork and in knowing what's going on to help support their kids. That way they can keep showing up and they feel supported instead of just going, nope, it's your problem. So, and then also on that one, like they will learn to move on and learn from failures. Those are quotes failures, quote, end quote, failures through the way you behave when you run into these obstacles. And I really think our kids can learn from us and how we respond to perceived failures and how we respond to these harder moments in life. That way our kids can say, you know what? My mom made through made it through that. My dad made it through that. So I know I can do it too. I know that this doesn't mean that I'm, that this is the end of the road. I can get back up and I can try again or I can try something new. Number nine, your everyday choice to show up for your kids and what is important to them reconfirms how important they are to you and how worthy they are of having a relationship that also shows up for them. It lets them know that what is important to them matters, even if it may not be something you like. And this is something like, as trivial as Christmas parties. This is something that we can really take the time. And yes, we work. But where are you prioritizing a job that essentially will fire you if they need to, and they won't have a second doubt about it? Um, Where are you prioritizing that over your children and their needs and what's really important to them? Am I saying you're going to be able to take off of work for every party? No. But can you try, at least for some of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that, I mean, before Oren was in middle school, I would take his birthday off and I would go have lunch with him at the school. And he loved that. It was something that like I loved doing with him and I loved showing up with him and being there for him and being able to celebrate him in that way and bringing him. It's always special when your mom brings you lunch from like Chick-fil-A or something, right? Like <laughs> it's always, it's always a special moment. And I, I loved that. I loved doing it. Now that he's in middle school, I'm not as cool anymore. So, <laughs> but always like making sure that on his birthday, even if it's on a weekday, like making sure that we do something he wants. I'll make what he wants for dinner. I'll make, you know, the dessert that he wants. And it's just to show him that he matters to me. And it's even like with his volleyball practices, there's, you know, I've just in a busy season of life. And so sometimes I'm like, okay, I'll go, but like, I'm going to stay in the car and work, or I'm going to sit over there and work. And so I'll ask him like, do you want me to go? with you do you want me to watch and sometimes he says yes and sometimes he doesn't have a preference but that way I am checking in with him and I'm saying hey how can I be a good mom to you today you know or like how can I make you feel loved today and I really think that sometimes we see these trivial things in kids lives and we're like oh that doesn't matter in the bigger scheme of things it just doesn't matter and sometimes it's important to talk about those like obviously if it's a life or death situation like <laughs> that's different but I think in day-to-day and just normal life we can stop and look at it and be like hey I know no, this is something that's really important to you. Either one, how can we fix it? Like maybe they lost a toy or like, what can we do about it? Or two, you know, how can I support you in this? How can I be there for you? What do you need from me as a parent? Because maybe the toy's lost and there's like zero chance of getting it back. And so it's like, okay, how can I help you? How can I support you? And I think that's really important to check in with our kids and really show them like, hey, it's okay to ask. You don't always have to know the answers. Number 10, your romantic relationship is showing them what to expect from a relationship for themselves. We train kids on what love is. It's so important to want to show them healthy relationships as well as healthy conflict and resolution. Kids are sponges. (laughs) Kids are sponges. 
So if you are in a relationship that you, there's domestic violence, um, we're going to take it to the extreme side of things first, then that is something that your kids will learn is love. Whether it's them expressing that, oh, my dad loved my mom and he hit her. So then when I get mad and I'm in a relationship, maybe I think it's okay to hit my mom or sorry, my wife or husband, or maybe from a woman's perspective, you know, maybe a little girl is like, oh, it's normal that he hits me. My mom happened to my mom all the time. This is this is love. I've reached love. And, you know, I, I go extreme first because it's just it's sad to see. And it's a sad truth, but truth nonetheless. But also just in healthy communication, like in where are you shutting down to your partner because you feel like you can't talk about it? Or even like, where are you avoiding your kids or talking about something in front of your kids because you're afraid that they'll see that you guys aren't getting along all the time? I don't think that's healthy. I think it's an old pattern that a lot of people are trying to get out of because they want healthier relationships. They want to be happy. They want longer lasting relationships. And so they're trying to figure out how to include their children in these conflicts, not letting, I mean, not necessarily having the kids have a voice or a say or anything, but like definitely just allowing them to see you go through these things and allowing them to see like, oh, my parents were mad at each other. Then they talked through it. Now they're okay. You know, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think it's beautiful for adults too, because then it's like, it really pushes us to show up in a more honest and truthful way. It allows us to open up to our partners more. And it's a great tool for our kids to have to see healthy conflict and resolution. So yeah, you know, when you've got kids, your relationship is showing them something. You're the only one who really knows what that is. So really pay attention to that. And I think using myself as an example and leaving the relationship, like Warren saw us fight. Like that's the thing is he saw it. And I had to look at myself and say, is this something that I want to teach him is a healthy response, like a healthy way to communicate because it wasn't. And ultimately it was like, yeah, I can stay for him. A lot of people stay in marriages for kids, but it's like, yeah, I can stay for him. But if I'm miserable, what is that showing him? It's okay to be miserable for your kids because I don't think that's true. I think that me choosing myself ultimately in the long run will allow him to choose himself if he's in a relationship that he feels like isn't um, fulfilling him or if like the other person in the relationship isn't willing to put forth the same effort that he is I think it'll also show him it's okay to leave it's not the end of the world and I, I ultimately think it's really showing him too like it's okay to start over it's okay to have everything and, you know, to have everything that you wanted and to be in this good place, but to say, this isn't, this isn't what I want in my life. And I think I need to burn it all down and start it over. So I think that's beautiful, beautiful gift. Number 11, words matter and communication matters. Kids don't always understand sarcasm or hidden messages. Clear communication allows them to expect direct communication from others and they will communicate in that way. Now, I want to talk about that expect clear communication from others. I think they'll appreciate it more. They'll appreciate honesty over everything. And they'll appreciate it when someone's direct with them. A lot of people have a hard time with direct communication because they feel like it's offensive. But direct communication does not have to be offensive or hurtful. It's just direct communication. It's me saying exactly what I need or exactly what I feel. Whatever it triggers in the other person is not my responsibility. And I think that's something that if I can be clear in what I'm needing from my child, whether it's we're getting ready to go run errands and I need you to take a shower right now. Why? Because you're dirty. <laughs> and depending on the age, at Oren's age, you stink. So please go take a shower so we can go do this. And it allows them to see like, okay, there's no hidden message. There's no, and I think it's a great way for them to build trust with us as their parents, but it's also a great way for them to be able to also direct communicate with us. What do you need? What are your needs? Don't try and walk around the bush, like, just tell me what you need, because I, I want to support you. I don't know if I can support you if I don't know what you need. And I don't know if you're not enjoying something or if something's not working out for you, if I don't know, if I don't know, if you don't say anything. And I think that just allowing him 
to be himself and to express to me what he needs as it comes up, I think has been such a special gift because then he can communicate with me and he can be honest with me instead of him being like, oh, well, I don't know how she's going to react, so I'm not going to tell her or she won't understand or maybe she won't try to understand. And I think clear communication is a gift that we could never like, I think, or it's a gift it's a beautiful gift that we can give to our kids because I think it's so important and it's not a lack of awareness of other people. I think it's just your truth. I think speaking our own truths and really connecting to that is so important. And number 12, weird is okay because not any two people are the same. Um, This is something that we have always said. Oren knows I am weird. He knows that he is weird um, and it's not a bad thing. We're just different. We're different from like not as a whole, like not wholly different, but like each person is different in their own way. And it's okay to have those weird little quirks and it's okay to be silly and it's okay to have fun and it's okay to dance in the grocery store because you like the song that comes on. And I think that he and I have always, it kind of goes back into the play, you know, we have always just been ourselves and it's so much fun. And, you know, sometimes we do weird stuff out in public and that's okay. In my opinion, (laughs) like obviously there's a time and a place, but Also, like, I think there's nothing wrong with having a good time and laughing with your kids. And who cares if someone at register 15 is going to think I'm a weirdo? Maybe I'll make their day and they'll get a good laugh. (laughs) Number 13, it's okay to rest and not always be productive. It's important to learn when you are out of balance here, though. If your children see you push and push and push and push and work yourself to the grave, is that beneficial to them? No, 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 no. And this is my opinion, but you cannot convince me otherwise. I think that it is really important for kids to see you push yourself and to see you work hard towards something that's really important to you. But I also think it is so important for kids to see you and say, I've been working really hard. I need to step back for a minute. I need to take a break. I need to have a day where I just lay on the couch all day or I do whatever I want that's going to make me happy so I can fill my cup back up so I can keep showing up as the best version of myself and I can keep working towards the things that I want. And I think that's a huge gift that we can give to our kids is to really show them what it is that we are working towards, how we're working towards it, but also how are we respecting our humanness and our physical bodies and our physical limits in getting there. Because ultimately, like, yeah, if you're going for a goal and you push, like, you'll get there. And if you're doing all the things to align you with that goal, you will get there. But is it worth it if if you can't stand at the top of the hill by the time you get there? If you can't enjoy it because you died, because <laughs> you were pushing so hard to get there, or because or you're massively ill because you're pushing yourself so hard to get there, does it matter? No. It's so important to respect ourselves and to respect our bodies and what we need. And I think it's a beautiful thing to show our kids like, hey, I know that the house is a mess. But I really need to take a hot minute. I need a break. And so I'm going to read a book all day. Or so I'm going to go to the pool. You want to go to the pool with me? I just think it's beautiful. And I think it's so important to teach our kids that at a young age. Number 14, give them the choice. Let your kids learn how to make choices and understand these choices can change the outcome of their life or how they are feeling. I think that sometimes as parents, we go, no, don't do that. Because we already know the outcome, which in certain scenarios is super important because we need to keep our children safe. But I think there are some choices that we can't allow our children to make. And then for them to see what happens because they made that choice is so important. That way they're learning the consequences of their actions or the benefits of their actions. And it allows them to see that and then allowing them to make those choices and having a neutral stand on it. There's no right or wrong. Right or wrong is not real. It is such a construct to keep people stuck. So if we can teach our kids, like, this is the choice that you made, so this is the outcome. And they can see that, then they can start to think and process in their mind, like, okay, this is what I need to make. This is the decision I need to make to get to this point in my life. This is what I need to do for myself to get X, Y, and Z. And allowing them to kind of see that unfold instead of us just going, no, we know it's not going to work out. Because let them see. Let them explore. If they can't explore for themselves, if they can't use their thought processes by themselves, 
to see the outcome, then they're just having to lean into us completely. And it's not giving them any sort of autonomy or any sort of ability of like working out the problem on their own. Or maybe it's not a problem just working out the scenario on their own or seeing like, oh, I made this decision. So this happened and like making that connection. All right. So I do have a bonus. I have a bonus one as well. So technically it's 15 things, but we're going to call it 14 plus a bonus because Oren's 14 and I like it better. But it kind of goes into the last one, honestly, and it's allowing your kids the space to learn what they like. So it's so fun when our kids like what we do, but ultimately it is so important for them to learn about their own autonomy and their own likes and dislikes. So kind of leads into the last one, again, allowing your kids to realize what they want in life, what they like, what they don't like. And sometimes we really want them to like the things that we like. I would love it if my son liked asparagus because I love asparagus. I could eat it all the time. He doesn't want to. So sometimes I make asparagus and we do the dance where I'm like, you got to eat it anyway. Sorry, man. And it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Or I'll put it in something like a stir fry and he doesn't even realize it. (laughs) But it's not the end of the world. And I mean, maybe I want to eat asparagus, but that doesn't mean he has to or wants to. Um, Obviously, like his vegetable intake needs to be there still, but it's just something that we can see and say, okay, that's okay that you don't like that. And, you know, allowing it to just be or like, oh, okay, so you like to draw. You can go draw for a little bit. I'm going to read a book because I don't really love drawing and allowing them to see how they can spend time on their own and uh, just kind of existing on their own and allowing their their creative minds to play. And I think it's just so important for kids to see that it's okay to be alone. And I think it's something that a lot of people didn't have growing up. And I think that's why codependency is such a problem in our life right now. But I really do think that there is a way to show kids and to allow them, like, again, allow them to choose like, hey, it's your birthday. What do you want to do? These are These are some options of what we can do if there's like budget limitations or anything like that. But it's like also planning with them long term and what they like. Like I know my son loves animes, loves animes, loves everything about Japan, loves sushi, loves, you know, just loves Japan a lot. And so I've known this for the last, we'll call it two, three years, if not longer. And so I'm planning a trip for him for his 16th birthday to go to Japan. Now, the reason why 16 is because we want to be able to ride the go-karts through Tokyo. And I think for him to get like the full experience, it'll be really cool for him to have his driver's license and to be able to drive his own go-kart. And so that's something that we're planning. And so that way, like if there is a budget like issue or maybe like a time constraint, like really just asking your kids. And if they do bring something like that up, maybe say, okay, we'll put that on the back burner. Maybe that's something we can start planning for, a goal to reach for. But what's something else that we can do within these limitations, X, Y, and Z? And that way they're able to choose and it's not constantly something that's being told to them that they have to do or something that's like, oh, well, my mom likes this, so I like this. Or my dad likes this, so I like this. And I just think it's it's a beautiful gift. These are all beautiful gifts we can give to our children and ourselves. And again, cannot believe I am the mom of a 14-year-old. And I've loved every minute of it. Honestly, he is the brightest light in my life. I love him so much. And I know that he's going to do great things in this world. And I can't wait to see what happens. I'm I'm as oblivious to what's next as he is. So (laughs) I'm excited to see what happens and to see who he becomes as he continues to get older. And I just love it. So there are my 14 parenting tips, I guess. I don't think they're tips. I just, you know, 14 things parenting has taught me. If you want to take them as tips, do it, run with it. If not, that's totally okay too. You know, every parent is different in the same way every child is different. And I think more than anything, respecting that is the most important. So sending everyone so much love. Um, I will be celebrating my son for the next couple days. And yeah, happy birthday, Mr. Charles. I love you so much. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Expand the Conversation podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platform. 
Your feedback means the world to me. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes, reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear from you. So let me know you are listening and stay updated on all things Expand the Conversation. Be sure to follow and tag me on Instagram at expandtheconversation.podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. See you next time.